All right, John, let's get started. Let's do it. Um, I will go all the way back to uh, August 29th uh, when I watched a movie that I just, I've had to see. Um, and I've had a long time, I've had a long time to be able to watch it, but I just haven't watched it. And I find it's back on HBO Max. It's back. Uh, oh. It's a movie from 2015 called San Andreas. <laughs> Wait, yeah, this is The Rock, right? The Rock, like yeah. Carla Gugino and uh, Alex Daddario are a family in this movie. <laughs> and uh, uh, The Rock and Carla Gugino each, uh, they kind of have uh they're like separated because of uh um some issues in the past with one of their kids dying and i think it had something to do with the rock the rock not being able to save her because um in this the rock plays a what is what what's his job he's like he's a rescue chopper pilot Mm. uh so he's a very intensive uh uh rescue man so He's perfect in the time of disaster, like San Andreas, um, which is basically seems to, honestly, it's a little foggy. I was mostly <laughs> like <clears throat> making fun of how ridiculous this movie was when I saw it, but it's basically just a giant intense earthquake and it's just like the state of California is just splitting. Um, and it'd be a good one for you to watch, especially because you're there and it's or or it'd be terror even more no it's not scary it's so (laughs) dumb it's so ridiculous um you know like the way it has like that one of those things where just like things are falling from the sky all the time and you just see people dying left and right but it's just done so like i don't know cgi and modern and goofily like and the timings just there's no timing at all it's just like cgi carnage over and over again that you're just like you're just laughing at how many people are dying like, like in front of you there's like no like you know like i don't know attention or more emotional core to it and i think it's just i don't know it's like one of those modern filmmaking tropes it's like when transformers is going and they're like the transformers jump through the buildings and the bricks fall over all the people you're not worried about the people that sort yeah. of thing yeah i think that was a. Uh big talking point with whatever uh transformers movie destroyed chicago there's just like how many people oh, yeah had to die for these fighting robots <laughs> right <laughs> but you, yeah you don't even you don't even contemplate that because of what's going on yeah yeah so i'd say overall san andreas is to me worth watching it is really ridiculous mm-hmm. but I actually think it's kind of functional in a dramatic sense, which I was very surprised about. Like Carla Gugino and Dwayne and the Rock Johnson scenes are not bad. Like when they start to, you know, they have like this moment where they talk about all their baggage together and um, it's actually done all right. So I was kind of like, oh, that's cool. Uh, And uh, yeah, it's not like the worst movie. You know, I actually think I saw a few movies this month that you had recommended me that I would like a long time ago. But one of those was What's Up, Doc. 
the uh, Bogdanovich, yeah. Bogdanovich and, slap, uh, slapstick. Yeah, and uh, man, what a great movie! Loved this movie. Um, even even with like the high expectations I had going into it, uh, I still, um, yeah, it still blew me away with how just like funny and charming and what a fun movie it was. Um, and uh, also, I don't know how much I've really seen of Barbara Streisand from like this era. Like, I feel like uh, I only really know her as like old since, Barbara Streisand. Yeah, old Barbara Streisand. But she's so like, first of all, she's just like gorgeous in this, and she's so like just like quick and funny. And um, I forget right when I right when I finished watching it, I like. It reminded me so much of um, of like someone else, but I could I can't think of it now. But um, yeah, I was just I uh, just really loved this movie. Um, could easily see it become one that I that I watch uh, over and over. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, also Madeline a Bay Tom Area flick is great. Yes, also San Francisco. <laughs> How about that uh, car chase? Yeah. I, great car chase through san amazing. francisco it's an amazing car chase san francisco is a great city for car chases too just with for a goofy one especially yes yes with how like crazy the streets are every time you are walking or driving through san francisco it, it's like crazy how there's a city like like this so it's yeah mm-hmm. it's perfect setting for that um yeah yeah and, and madeline khan too she was great as the um, as the fiance of Ryan O'Neill, or she, she just played such like a Madeline Kahn character. Uh, yeah, and this was just a really, really good, feel good movie. Um, yeah, really, really, really liked it. So I would, I would recommend What's Up Doc to uh, anyone who who needs a good laugh. Yeah, it's one to own. Oh yeah, if there's a Criterion version of it, I would for sure. For sure, get that. Yeah, definitely a gem. Glad you watched it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, my next movie is a movie that you've seen uh, from last year. Twenty twenty uh, horror flick uh, with Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton, mm. where they switch bodies. It is the sequel to Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan's Freaky Friday. Not really, but freaky. <laughs> freaky, yeah. Freaky from last year. Yeah. I yeah, I fucking loved Freaky. I just uh not only was it really functional and fun, um and like it, I, I always just love movies that are in the horror genre that are trying to be funny first. You know, that's a real mm-hmm. like thing of mine. Uh, I especially liked the casting of Vince Vaughn as a serial killer because I realized yeah. he has the body type of like Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers. You know what I mean? Like it, just him with a mask on standing there, how big his body is. It's like, oh, of course, <laughs> you know, I've never yeah. seen this before. I never thought about this once um, because Vince Vaughn is not the type of guy anyone would think of casting in a horror flick. Um, right. and I, I just I just got such a kick out of him playing a girl and uh, 
the, the script, it's just, it's a good, it's a really good script. And uh, man, I, I just can't believe they did that in the one scene where um, Vince Vaughn as who is playing the girl is in the backseat of the car with her, his, uh, his and hers crush. And the guy is like, they're like having chemistry, you know, they're like finally like opening up to each other, but it's as Vince Vaughn and <laughs> that you could tell they're like attracted to each other. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I can't believe they're actually doing this. And like, they're seated in a way like they're going to kiss. And I was like, are they actually going to kiss? And I was like, they clearly are. They're going to do it. And I was just like waiting for them to do it. And I think, and they do. And <laughs> and it's just not what I expected, really. Mm-hmm. And how could you? And yeah. they kind of take they kind of take it in, and they they like I don't know. I think she says they say something like, "Let's kiss more when my hands aren't big enough to like destroy your face or something like that." <laughs> I never thought I would see Vince Vaughn in a movie kiss a high school kid and get away with it (laughs) like where i'm not like brutally offended you know what i mean where people are like torching vince vaughn's house and or something like that yeah it weirdly it weirdly worked yeah that was uh that was a fun movie i know if um you know a movie's got balls when it pulls off a scene like that yeah freaky's got balls um so yeah the other day i watched the beyond which is a Lucio Fulci movie um and uh it's an Italian horror movie but it's all shot and set in uh Louisiana so it has that bayou setting and which is already you know very creepy and and eerie uh in its own right um and of course in this um this woman is inheriting an old hotel uh in Louisiana so it's that on top of um, everything else is also a perfect, super creepy premise to set up. And uh, the whole point of this isn't spoiling anything because it's shown the first scene in the movie, but uh, in the hotel is one of the gates to hell. And so, so crazy, crazy shit happened. And then um, at one point, you know, it was all sealed up and, and, um, you know, nothing was really heard from it much, but that there were accidents and supernatural things that happened. Uh, and this woman takes over and the, and that gate basically reopens or there's like some sort of like awakening type thing. And uh, yeah, it goes pretty crazy from there, but it's uh, a really solid uh, like 80s horror. Like it's definitely, it feels very giallo, but it's set in like the bayou um so that's pretty cool um yeah yeah i would say it's not as um not as high up there as some of like the best like argento uh movies but uh all in all solid uh solid horror movie and uh has a very like um uh i i really like the ending i think it it ended on a on a good note that's also very like like daunting um too so a lot yeah. of those out there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I would. So yeah, you I would gave definitely me some good it. horror recommendations last year. Um, one, I didn't get to that Peeping Tom, but I watched like oh, um, 
what was that one called? The guy who's in like the desert. Um, and there's those people in the bus. You know, the oh. like dead people in the bus sort of thing. Carnival of Souls. Yes, that one. Yes. yes. That yes. movie was Love that terrifying. One. So good. I'll probably rewatch that one uh, this October. Yeah. Yeah. All right, nice. So yeah, that's why what yeah. I'm why I'm saying I'll, I'll check that one out too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> because Carnival of Souls was a good ass recommendation. So. Uh, yeah, keep, I'm glad you remember keep that. Keep on one that train. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna go with a rewatch of Pixar's Cars. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I, I watched this at. Uh, one of my friends had I did not watch this alone. I watched this with a friend. I'd say oh, maybe this is one of the only movies I watched like with there's probably a few others, but it's one of the few movies I watched with someone actually in September. Mm-hmm. Um and I was at my buddy's and we were on the Disney Plus. We're just scrolling through and we were just like, What about cars? <laughs> we're like, that what could be weird. It? We're like, that could be weird, right? And we're like, yeah, let's do that. And we did it. And yeah, it was, it's, it was, it was, it was very bizarre. It was very, uh, a very weird movie to rewatch. There is a lot of nostalgia I have with it. Um, I mean, but of course it, it definitely, definitely, I mean, no, to say it didn't hold up isn't even correct because I think a lot of, I think it got bashed when it came out. So uh mm-hmm. for me it didn't hold up because as a kid i liked it a lot um yeah and it's definitely trying to do it has a lot of quality stuff to it and it's trying to do a lot a lot of like pixar stuff but it just doesn't work in this scenario you know they're like let's do toy story stuff with cars and it's just not it's just doesn't work it's just stupid <laughs> like and then yeah. along the way, you're just kind of, I don't know, you're just kind of asking yourself all these questions about like logical questions about how it works with the cars. You're like, wait, so cars, uh, cars, uh, watch other cars drive around in a, in a circle. <laughs> like there is a town called Radiator Springs where a bunch of cars would stop off at and get tires changed uh, on the, on route 66. And uh, I don't know, there's just like, you'll find more when you watch it, but there's just a lot of weird questions you'll come up with uh, logically on like a world of cars and how that makes sense. And you're like, are there boats? Hell, you know, like this. So there's also helicopters and planes with mouths and stuff too. And like, they need all these people need gas, but do they need food? Like what, what's the point of having a mouth? And yeah, uh, it's just really strange. And, and, and I'm going just through the meaningless corals I have that are just kind of <laughs> silly and childlike. Like, I mean, I'd say just the main thing about it is just uh, that, um i mean the the big change for lightning in mcqueen in it who plays a diva he's like owen wilson plays like a diva dickhead car it just kind of becomes this thing where he falls in love with this town um because uh this porsche he meets is for some reason in love with the town 
and yeah. it, which is just really bizarre <laughs> because she clearly seems like she's like a California car with like it being Bonnie Hunt who's playing her and then she's a very polished car in it when the rest of the people in the town are rusty and for some reason and you're just kind of like what's her deal she's this like hipster like california girl who's like looking out for this town now for some reason she's just like i don't know her way of getting away from the world and then i don't know it's just not enough it didn't work for me it's not enough weight how lightning lightning mcqueen just falls for and he's like i don't care about everything now that i have and going for me and uh it just doesn't work emotionally yeah. the same way. Um, and it tries to also have adult um, adult like humor in a way Toy Story would, but it, it's, it's not, the humor's not as great too. Um, one of the more interesting things about it is just to see uh, like how much pe- many people are in this cast. Like, uh, yeah. like Doc is played by Paul Newman his last and, role oh it sucks yeah i know <laughs> <That> sucks <laughs> um and michael keaton plays chick hicks who's forgot the, about like, that he's the evil car in it, who's like lightning mcqueen's enemy and he's got like a mustache and he's like he always says kachiga and, he, and now <laughs> i know that's michael keaton saying that and that's fucking hilarious um, but damn, that's that sucks for Michael Keaton. Um, and then there's like little small roles around there too. Um, yeah, yeah, like I, uh, uh, Chong, I think plays Chong plays a stoner car. Oh, he's like the who has all car, these. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, the van, and he's always yeah. and he's always talking to this like old military car for some reason and he the military car is just like you shut up right now he's like it's getting all crazy here man and <laughs> you're just like why is this dynamic exists like oh mm-hmm. it's trying trying a little too hard i don't know i we watched we watched it again i think last year just during covid we just um we're watching a lot of movies at home and like re-watching old ones on disney plus and I, it was never one of my favorite ones growing up, but I always liked it. But then, yeah, this one, it was just, uh, still just felt it was like, okay. And I really got annoyed with Mater uh, this time Yes, around. yeah. Found him to be, like, so irritating. Him, him in a helicopter is, like, the worst. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah, I just, I also am not a huge Larry the Cable Guy fan. And obviously, like, at that time, he was just, like, you know, he was very, like, mainstream, like, funny. Like, even kids would think he's funny because he's just, like, a wacky character. But, yeah, that character is just too much. Uh, Yeah, just, it'll always be one of the lower tier uh, Pixar movies, for sure. If you just think about the amount they spent on animation versus like how not great it is story-wise and and Mm. character-wise it's just like damn (laughs) yeah i remember before it came out just from like the trailers it was getting a lot of flack for seeming like just uh it was only made um by disney to like sell toys in a way because like you said like the toy story 
sort of connection this way you have such an easy like of course you now you make toys out of these cars that are in this movie that sells itself to kids and and everything so yeah that kind of even just like thinking about that like i don't think there's any way that that wasn't like a uh a part of like the pitch for this movie was to sell toys so it's kind of like demeaning and like yeah, we'll have remote control Lightning McQueens. We'll have yeah. model light, Lightning McQueens. So like, so kids will love played? kids will love Mater to like drive him around oh, their yeah. living rooms. Yeah, yeah. I had. So I feel like I'm just watching game. one big ad. Oh, the video yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wait, we actually um, had that too. Carly had that um, for GameCube. Yep, I would. Uh, yeah. I would drive with. Uh, drive around with the king and like race um like race my brother and i remember i'd always want to race i would always want to race jake and um jake did not want to play it a lot (laughs) he wanted to play a real game he was too too mature for this car's bullshit yeah (laughs) i was probably in like seventh or eighth grade and i was just like driving in a circle in cars going like I'm Lightning McQueen. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, yeah. All right, that's enough of cars. Let's. <laughs> well, I'll keep uh, I'll keep transitioning off what uh, what you say because um, I watched the most recent Pixar movie, Luca. That uh, that oh, that's out. a Pixar movie. Uh, it is. Wait, let me. It's got to be. Uh. I'm second guessing myself, but I'm pretty sure it is. Yep, it is. I didn't even know yeah. that. Was it on uh, Disney Plus? Yeah, and I don't know if Disney Plus is doing the same thing as HBO Max, where it's like free for like 30 days and then it's, um, and then it goes away. Yeah. Or right, it might well, be on there for it. good. Um, yeah, yeah, I liked Luca. Luca, um, again, and this is a uh, this is a travesty, but I have still yet to see call me by your name um, because I cannot find it streaming anywhere, but having yeah, said I, I don't that, think it is. Yeah. I've never, it's like, just like never anywhere. Um, but having said that um, everything I've seen of call me by your name, uh, this is like a Pixar version of that. Uh, oh. And not just, and not just like the setting uh, where it's, uh, you know, in, in Italy, like on the, on the coast. Um, but um, the relationship between two boys is it's def- it's like Pixar's first like foray into the um, I don't know into the homosexual the gay, world, the gay arena, yeah, into gay cinema, and um, I yeah I think it worked. I think the I think the relationship between the two main boys, Luca, and then I can't remember the other um, Luca, who's played by Jacob Tremblay um uh i think is like really great i think their chemistry and dynamic works great and um it's uh it's i feel like it's pixar sort of playing it by their by the books you know going with their same formula but i think that this works uh like well to be its own sort of like it's a very 2021 story i feel like too um and uh yeah just a just a really like nice uh, nice movie it's it just everything looks so great obviously and the these 
kids are just like obsessed with Vespas and who doesn't love seeing like I don't know seeing like images of Italy and like Vespas and like it's all it's all <laughs> just like the stereotypical like Italy stuff that everybody likes um all the the food too and uh uh yeah it's not one of the more like memorable Pixar movies that you'll see like it's not gonna go down as like something that people talk about a ton I feel like but uh yeah still still a solid um solid movie and and very woke too what did you like better this or uh the last one with uh Jamie Foxx oh soul I probably like soul better and Mm -hmm. that's more so because I felt like soul was going I guess with a bit bigger of a scope you know like meaning of like life but uh sounds different though and like kind of more like more of a thing that will surprise me all right so my next movie is also also a rewatch um and it's a more necessary rewatch than cars um (laughs) it's one i've been meaning to rewatch for a little bit uh it's todd phillips is the hangover ah it's been (laughs) maybe since i was like 18 or 19 maybe when i watched this last wow i don't know something like that it's just been a long time and i'm in a very different uh mindset than kind of the whole era which when i was in this into this movie which was mainly high school and early college Mm -hmm. and one of the reasons why i was into it in high school was because i didn't totally get it at all and it just (laughs) seemed so adult and it was all just like about all this stuff that I'd had no, no idea what it was. And I, Mm -hmm. um, they were just saying things that it's just so adult. (laughs) It's it's (laughs) such typical adults too. Um, and yeah. And so I don't know, I think I just kind of got into it in high school because I wanted to like, I saw how the way it was connecting with people, like it was such a hit and everyone Mm -hmm. loved it and like I remember my parents seeing it with all their all their friends like all these like other St. James parents and talking (laughs) about we were laughing we laughed and laughed and laughed you know what I mean like we were just dying um and yeah it just like hit hard and like everyone at in high school was quoting it like Rick Rooney was quoting it and (laughs) I remember the first time I watched it was with uh, you and Rick Rooney and I had to like tell my parents. Yeah. 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 Well, you, I remember you guys were super into it. That's see, that's part of the thing. Everyone was so into it. And, um, I had like, I like didn't tell my parents that I was like going to watch it because they did not want me to watch it. I Mm -hmm. think was what was just the big thing. And I remember when I watched it, I was just, not only did I not, I did not understand a lot of things that were going on. Like I didn't understand the lingo as much, but I did get like the timing and I just never understood references. 
that were being made and a lot of Zach Galifianakis jokes. Um, but I also, I did like enjoy the like chaos and the like paranoia of it, but mm-hmm. I definitely did not get all of the jokes at all. But I remember seeing like, oh, like you and Rick were like laughing so hard. And, and then like every time I watched it with people after that, I would like see when someone would laugh at Mr. Chow or something like that. And I just, I, I, so it kind of like, I got the fever of it just because of that. Cause I really respected how I just, I hadn't seen a comedy. Like it was like that and like super bad where like comedies that were when I was growing up, it just, they became the biggest thing, like a yeah. phenomenon, you know, everyone's quoting it everywhere. Um, and I just like, I loved that growing up. So that's kind of mm-hmm. why I got into this. And I would watch, I watched it over and over in high school, even though I had never drank once <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I'd never like done anything. I'd never partied. I didn't, you know, like I, Same, didn't hate. Yeah. I had like one girlfriend in high school who was really Christian. And, um, but yet I'm like the hangover, bro. <laughs> and um, I also just remember, th- I'm like, I didn't know who Bradley Cooper was at the time. It was like first Bradley Cooper role. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's so f- cool and funny. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like um, he's like the alpha of the group. Yeah. yeah, yeah so you're is. like, you're he immediately drawn to him. He's yeah. really, it's really funny on rewatch. Just his character. <laughs> um, and so then, you know, I start to get it more in college. And I, th- I, I, that's a little more blurry then, but I think I was, you know, still into it, but over the years, I really did not revisit it. And I, especially because, especially over the past, like five years, I've had this feeling and I knew deep in my head, I'm like, this movie does not hold up at all. Like, this is like a movie about degenerates. Like this movie, like, (laughs) like, like this is not like the same, it won't be as respectable of a comedy as, you know, it was back then. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of worried I was going to hate it, I think, was the thing. Um, and so then I, so on rewatch this time, I, I, all right, so I don't hate it, but there is a lot of stuff where I'm like, I'm just not into it. And like, it, it has great comedic timing and like, mm-hmm like it has it's a well-directed movie and there's a lot of like attention to detail on like like todd phillips is clearly trying to be a sophisticated comedy director in it like there's scenes where he is like we talk about the joker like similar to joker where he is directly lifting martin scorsese such as the scene where they count cards and then there is you could put these shots um parallel to each other there's a close-up of ken jong with his sunglasses staring out into the desert waiting for them to come and bring him his money it's exactly the same as uh de niro looking out into the desert waiting for joe pecci to meet him in the desert wondering if he's Mm going to die um so it's just like things like that there's but but it's not all bad because like you're you kind of respect like I don't know the the like care put into that like, mm-hmm. like when ed helms wakes up in the uh hotel room there's that thing where they they attach the camera to him 
through through use of oh, like yeah. I don't know, some rig or steady cam or something and he kind of walks around and like you know that like blues riff is playing and he's discovering mm-hmm. everything and it's like really that's like really really good stuff like i i enjoy yeah. that a lot i mean what mainly i don't like is how it's just such a movie made about like douchebags and regular people very regular people it's very much made for regular people who just don't are like the ones who will be able to relate to this movie don't they live a lifestyle that i just don't and exactly yeah and 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 like like even like ed helms even we talked about bradley cooper being a douchebag ed helms in this is even kind of a douchebag sometimes like mm. even though he's supposed to be the nerdy like uptight one you know he's still doing somewhat of a helms thing like especially since i have been watching i was watching the office like over the summer as you know mm. i could see the clear night and day differences on him acting for the hangover versus the office there's just things he does in this and there's a certain chip on his shoulder that he has in this that andy bernard does not have mm. and and andy bernard is bernard is a way more down to earth layered like kind of naked man really because he is mm. just he has such a sad life you know <laughs> and i mean and all ed, ed helms really is in this is like his girlfriend like is just the worst that's all it really mm-hmm. is and he just won't break up with her yeah. and that's you know that's all it is and the way his like girlfriend is played off is just so like it's kind of funny because she is so difficult but it's just so ridiculous like how i don't know typical it is and clearly it was written by a man and then like after that he writes in todd phillips saying she's a bitch i mean i mean bradley cooper said she's a bitch man you gotta get out of that shit you know shit it's just like such stupid male bachelor party talk and then bradley cooper's like drunk in the back of the car as they're driving to vegas and he's going like he's he's going like i hate my life i might just stay in vegas and he's got like a (laughs) wife and kid and shit and and like it's just like dude you're a douchebag and and uh like like um there's a zach alfanakis at one point goes uh it's why i've managed to stay single all these years and ed helms kind of goes like yeah that's why you're single oh good to know and it's just like (laughs) such douchey humor you know from like a guy who i from ed helms who i do not want to be like that Mm -hmm. um yeah so those are like the things i don't like about it and it kind of like it kind of continues where just like where the movie is very actually pretty good and functional but then the characters will just uh like say something so stupid or the movie will just show a like kind of show its personality in a way that I'm just like, ugh, not for me. And it's gotten to the point where like if I hear anyone like like legitimately quote the hangover in any sort of way in in re- in real life, I get so like annoyed. And I, whereas just I just like uh, I just like cringe a little bit because like uh, I was at uh, you know, a party a couple weeks ago. And someone said, someone quoted like the, this isn't the real Caesar's Palace, is it? Dude, and that's like, what I was thinking. And people laughed. Ugh. 
That's what I was thinking of. Like if someone was going to quote the hangover, what they would quote. And yeah, it is like the most corny thing to quote. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, so and they mad quote it, when I heard that. Like right when they get to the, you know, the reception and they're going, yeah, they say to your group, Hey, this isn't the real Caesar's palace, is it? And everyone's like, ha ha. I just had so much disdain for, for human life. Uh, when I heard that, which makes me not want to rewatch the hangover. But at the same time, I do like appreciate the, you know, it, it was like a phenomena at the time. Yeah. Well, and that being said, I will say I laughed a shit ton and I oh, had yeah. like an actual kind of fun time. Like, it's just, it's not what it, you know, I won't hold it as, that highly ever again. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not like something like, the McKay comedies or um, some of the Rogan Apatow comedies that I hold in such high regard and I'm religious about. It's not that at all. It's just kind of, it's just kind of a fun one. That's really all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't mean to go so, uh, so off the deep end, but. Well, I, I mean, like, look how cynical I was being about it just a second ago. You know what I mean? That's the thing is like, I, there, it's like kind of enjoyable, but then, there's some things that I you'll feel so strongly against, you know? Yeah, definitely. But uh, it's nice to All see right, how... Enough, uh, that's enough yeah. of the hangover. It's nice to see I'm how we I'm not going to watch part two. I'm definitely not going to watch part <laughs> Don't. two. Yeah. Which um, I actually liked as a kid. Part two? I think I even Maybe. liked it more than the first one as a kid. I saw it in the theater and I remember liking it, but that was the only time I've seen it. Yeah, that's... No, I think there's a three in total, right? I think there yeah. might be three. Yeah. <laughs> the third one is oh. Well, all right. Uh, all right, <coughs> we'll move on to uh, something that I just finished watching today. Now, this is this isn't a movie necessarily, but it's a documentary uh, series. With they're each like a movie. Uh, each six each of the six episodes is like a movie in itself uh and it's can't get you out of my head um by adam curtis now this movie this documentary uh will i i highly recommend but i also uh want to prepare anyone that it will make you feel very very hopeless uh about life and humanity uh and it's very it's so can't get you out of my head is this documentary series from the bbc someone ripped it all from bbc and it's all on youtube now and it just came out this year and i the reason i heard about it is because um on tim heidecker's podcast office hours he was talking all about this um and then one of our friends started talking about it too and so i decided to check it out and it's basically a a very dense history of the world and the psychology of of us as a society and how we all got there basically starting from like the early 20th century um it's it starts off generally with um the events of like post-world war one and uh and on and it's uh <laughs> i don't know there's there's so much to like unpack from it it took me a month to watch all six episodes just because there's so much and i would like go back to try and watch more um but uh, apparently adam curtis i'm not 
I wasn't familiar with him before this, but he does a lot of these documentaries that are about the, the human condition or like the sense of self or individualism. And this is like very much like that. Uh, like it's, it's not going to be as like, one, it's not going to be as popular as other like trendy documentaries, like on Netflix, like the social dilemma or, you know, things that tell you stuff you already know that it's like, okay, social media companies are taking your data and selling information. It to other. It's like, yeah, of course they are. We all know that, but this is sort of going through how did we get to this point? How did these companies get to that point? How is the society have we all gotten here? And it's, it covers everything from, from China, US, England, Russia, like the major superpowers and how they've changed throughout the years and how that is, and how like the power shifts have, has sort of affected our society. And it's, it's just like so smart and intense and in depth that it's impossible to really comprehend all of the stories that he goes through. Um, but it's really, really fascinating and I would really recommend it. Um, and, but it, you know, he kind of, he goes through all these periods of history from the past hundred years or so um, where the, like the big things like World War II or, um, you know, 9-11 uh, or um, just like the Cold War. These are all like, supplemental things to these other stories that he's telling that are seemingly going on like behind the scenes that we don't like that aren't in like your high school history textbook or anything so it's um yeah it's it's very very like scary and depressing real deal stuff yeah it's like wow like maybe i am pretty much just controlled by uh by society in a way do i even have a conscience like it's uh yeah it makes you really struggle with uh finding a meaning in life but uh with that being being said (laughs) yeah it's a great documentary uh yeah uh i i don't know i haven't i just want like more people to see it so i can talk to them about it because there's so much i'm kind of interested in watching now because like it just sounds like one of those things where like i want to know the truth (laughs) yeah right yeah yeah, and it goes into a lot of like stuff you wouldn't expect to. Like, it talks a lot about like the Black Panther Party, and starts talking about this woman who was like very prominent in it. And then all of a sudden, as the story goes on, you realize, oh, this is Tupac's mom. And then it ties oh, in. Shit. And then it ties in Tupac, and you know everything uh, with with you know. It goes more in depth than to Tupac. It's not like Tupac the the rapper. Or the artist but Tupac the person and like how he was and hey, this is a very small segment of the documentary but it's like it goes so in-depth on these like personal stories of these people that you don't like think about in history too much in this way and it and that, that keeps you engaged is that you're following the storyline of these people and he's not just saying and then on ni- in 1953 on August 8th this happened like it's yeah, it's just going through the stories of these people throughout time and how it's led our like the shift in power and society and yeah, and it's yeah, it's very very dense. I can't even cover yeah. a fraction cool. of it, but yeah, can't get you out of my head. All right, um, I guess my next one, which is a perfect tone change, 
uh, for that would be uh, a 2021 flick called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> All right. Which yeah. I loved. I absolutely loved. Um, it just felt like something that would be made in the 90s or the 2000s. And it would yeah. end like one that's good, you know, and I, it's just, it's just a movie that tries, it's at all times trying to be funny. It's, it's just go, does whatever it takes, it does whatever it takes in every scene to make it as funny as possible. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I loved it. Um, I, I especially love their accents and the way they talk. <laughs> it's like, barb, barb, you know, I, I think there's some things yeah. that, there's some things they do that I can't even uh they they just say certain words that i can't i i wouldn't even be able to replicate that the do an impression of it i guess um and and, uh i just i just i thought it was so great and i love how at the beginning they're just sitting on a couch and they're like i don't know they like say like really basic things and then they like get up and they like turn around and they're like living the dream together on this like couch (laughs) and they're just having like these just these ridiculously stupid conversations and then you find out that they work there and that they just have fun sitting there talking like they're kind of just they're just making fun of these like old like older like gals from a different era that would just you know sit around and pointlessly talk and jabber like all day long and they're Mm -hmm. just like addicted to each other you know that like I, I, I haven't even really I don't even know if I've seen these types of women in real life but like just from stereotypes over the years, I just know they exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I, I, yeah, I love the, um, like their club uh, that's uh, ran, that's ran by um, uh, who runs the club? Vanessa Bayer. She runs the club and. Oh like, today, yes. When yeah, it, she's yeah, like, yeah. today we're talking about. I don't know. It's just so, the most random subjects ever, and and, and they're like, it has to be what's on the card, guys. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and, and I love Kristen Wiig also as the like the other villain, and how it's like the how um like her like henchman like agent guy is like always like, why doesn't she love me? And there's like a bid where he's like reading reading a book where it's like trying to get someone to love you who doesn't or something like that yeah. and then she's reading and then the villains reading the book like trying to get someone to stop loving you who you don't love <laughs> but's in love with you and it's funny uh yeah it's just yep i it, it was so great in 2010's comedies ranking it's such a it's a 10 out of 10 for me the bar is so low nowadays so to see someone that's I don't know, feels like something that we grew up with. I, I was so happy about. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie too. And I would definitely welcome uh, another Barb and Star movie too, you know. A Barb and Star too? Barb and Star uh, go to wherever. Yeah, somewhere else. Yeah. And it's just like how it's, they go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know it's... what that place is. 
yeah it, it seems like a sort of a generic florida vacation yeah. place and they get there and it's all just about this like it pulls off the vacation comedy like and the stupidity of it and it like kind of brings it into its like advantage to me you know it, it mm-hmm. doesn't like fall flat like a sandler movie it, like it just goes right with the goofiness of like of a resort and they they kind of get there and the like resort puts on a show for them immediately like they sing mm-hmm. a song and that is pretty funny they're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah the i this is a really really great movie all right you know i'll go with a uh, another 2021 movie that we both watched uh two uh malignant james wan i didn't know anything about this at all and i think that like me neither as it unfolded and i realized what it was i was like oh okay hell yeah you know what i mean like yes yeah once it like once like the second or third act sort of picked up i was like oh wait yes yeah (laughs) that's exactly what i felt too yeah we've been building up to this okay yes hell yeah (laughs) that that was i was pretty disappointed the first you know the first act um and even you know into the the second act too with just like um like watching one of these movies uh and we were watching like with a group so that was like that like made it uh, a little bit better but um then the second half i was like yes oh okay so this is a movie that like i don't think is good but i am like having a good time watching what is happening right now yeah and like i'm i'm interested and invested in it so i and i feel like it'll make on rewatch that first beginning opening stuff to be like since you know what is gonna happen like I don't know. I think I'll just enjoy it so much more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I definitely just like that. It's one of these like horror movies that is like fun to watch in a group. Not because it's like, it, I don't even think Malignant was that scary at all, but no. Yeah. But it, it, it gets so like uh, weird and like funny and yeah, to a point where I almost think that, James Wan knew that it was kind of like offbeat and not yeah I mean he kind of yeah. has that tonally in a lot of his film movies mm-hmm. like Aquaman he has such a like goofy like this movie the movie's kind of like it's so ridiculous like in so many ways but and it kind of knows it but it like pulls it off mm-hmm. it's a little goofy and apparently he was inspired by like Giallo movies and everything um uh, which you can see you can some, see like in some ways um, and yeah I guess we don't want to spoil too much because it's still fairly new and if someone hasn't seen it I think that would yeah ruin their uh, enjoyment of it but uh, yeah if you're if you start it and you're a little hesitant just keep going don't worry don't worry it, it, it yeah. switches up a little bit it switches up a lot <laughs> yeah it's a it's a fun it's a fun movie like it becomes yeah. this whole convoluted thing about the past and I'm just like, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's the that's the perfect reaction. That's what that's what you'll get out of it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. That's enough. That's enough about malignant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those 2021 movies gotta we gotta get on them. It's the or the final stretch. We're in quarter four of uh, 2020. 
or 2021 oh my god yeah like <laughs> just reminds me so much of school mm-hmm. oh we are in the fourth quarter <laughs> we are in the second tri sem- semester god we, we are in we the are fiscal in the, quarter four we're in the third quarter of the second trimester semester <laughs> then midterms are next week yeah yeah oh god <laughs> do not miss that <laughs> Mm-mm. I'll do a trio. Mm. All right, I'll do the Naked City and the Immigrant with Charlie Chaplin, and the Crowd, which is a um, it's also a silent movie, a King v- a Vidor film. Mm. And the reason why these are all together is because they're from a Criterion, uh, a Criterion uh, collection on the channel called like New York Movies, which I decided i'm gonna watch all of them this uh <laughs> you know what i with this collection i've I watched three so far and they're all like really early ones um and uh i don't know yeah they're they're good they're they're good they're very new york it's a fun thing to do and um i would say i'll single out one which would be the crowd um by king vidor because this this movie was awesome. It's like the first silent movie I've seen that isn't like a Chaplin, Lloyd, um, Buster Keaton thing and also isn't like an German expressionist thing. Um, it's like actually like old school American drama. Um, and it plays on, I don't know, it's just like a very, it's like a very typical story about you know, a family trying to make it in New York. Um, I don't know much of anything about like, this. Like, just kind of the, I don't know, just like the very American idea of, you know, make it in New York. And it kind of, there's all these moments of just struggle. Like, this husband just can't hold a job, like, while they're trying to have having a kid and everything. And it kind of just plays on the theme of, like, the crowd and, like, all these people in one city. And, um, it's just very emotionally captivating. Like I've never, I've never been, uh, I don't know. I've just never been struck emotionally by a silent film. And it's just because it is really well done and uh, just, yeah, really tugs at your heartstrings a lot. So I would highly recommend this. It's uh, yeah, man, one of the most fulfilling uh, silent film watches I've had. And it might be right up there with like, I don't know if I had to pick my favorite silent films, it'd be like, Maybe something like, I don't know, maybe Nosferatu in this, maybe? Because Nosferatu, I look back on, I'm like, that thing is fucking awesome. Like, I <laughs> love the style the style of it, you know? Same. Uh, yeah, so highly recommend The Crowd, for sure. Nice. But, uh, yeah, let's talk about a, a good movie. A movie that I really liked. Uh, <laughs> a movie <laughs> that I have... Uh, I've heard so much about in like pop culture and just like reference so much, but I've never seen it. Um, but uh, Deliverance, I uh, I finally watched the other day and uh, really really loved the movie. Um, this is John Voight, Burt Reynolds, Ned Beatty, um, and uh, this is very much like a a classic like man movie. Um, just about these guys from the city, uh, Burt Reynolds, John Voight, and 
then two other guys it's their little their group of four guys they go to the wilderness for the sort of like their wilderness escape um i think there's some some like river that they're closing or doing something with i can't remember specifically but burt reynolds really wants to you know go down this river one last time uh he's a really like outdoorsy guy and he wants to go down it one more time and he brings his friends along and they're not really super outdoorsy um so that's that's what like got me into it more because i was like i'm not like a I like hiking and and being outside and doing stuff, but I'm not like an outdoorsy type of guy. Like you won't want to be stranded in the wilderness with me. Um, So it was like, oh, okay. These are like normal guys going out and doing this thing. And uh, right from the get go, they are just, they come across all the people from this area who are all, um, all pretty much related to each other. It's like a very, very rural um, place where these people don't see outsiders too often and uh, it sets the tone perfectly from the beginning it's just very uncomfortable something's off the the people are very cold towards these these guys from the city um, but you don't really know why and uh yeah and, and from there without giving away too much else of what goes on it's um you know the, the four guys go on their way and along their journey they um you know they have a lot of like encounters with uh you know it's basically they are they are clearly not welcome in this area and there's all these things all these signs supernatural forests are just coming out like subtly it's so it's not supernatural but it's it's more of more so um uh more so like the hills have eyes or even like bone tomahawk in a way um, where it's like the, there's the, like the people who live around here aren't oh. very, they're not very welcoming to strangers oh, that, or city okay. folk. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't know there were people there. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, these are like the people they're so encountering. I was like, oh, so the woods are like shivering at them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's definitely movies like that for sure. But uh, this is yeah they they just meet like the townsfolk and they're all they're okay. all very odd like these very like uneducated hick people and it is uh it, it's a very like disturbing movie uh in some points like i thought it was just sort of like an action like adventure survival type type movie but it's uh it gets pretty horrific at times um with with what happens <laughs> it gets ugly out there huh yeah uh like super <laughs> disturbing just, i'm just picturing like burt reynolds leading like four guys like across a river holding a walking stick like for the whole movie and that happens yeah it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and it, it helps that like he is really like the he's the one outdoorsy guy and then the other ones are just very out of place and they like rely on him um because and he's the only one confident in what he's doing um and, and I guess John Voight is too. He's not totally incompetent like the other two are. But um, yeah, and and they're also like they also reciprocate what the the townspeople are giving to them too. They aren't necessarily super affable towards the uh, the townspeople, but uh, regardless, the they're a little fucked up. And uh, mm. yeah, some crazy shit happens. And uh, yeah, it's a but it's a really really great movie. I would definitely think that I you could throw this in like to the like October 
um horror yeah, type my october movie. run yeah. yeah okay i it, definitely will because yeah. it just sounds like so much fun right now <laughs> yeah it's a yeah it's a really just like a really easy watch like it, it's paced so well because it's you're moving along down the river like with yeah. these guys yeah that's mm-hmm. what i'm just picturing that's what i'm just picturing yeah, yeah. so everything with guys to, that like, are something. like i'm totally gonna be into watching you know that's kind yeah. of yeah, no, they're all really, uh, really enjoyable too. And uh, yeah, and it's a little, little messed up, but yeah, Deliverance. I slept on it way too long, but I'm glad I finally, finally saw it. Nice. All right, should we talk about a? Wait, let me talk about this one first. Uh, <laughs> I finally watched Edward Scissorhands. Mm. That's one I I need to get to still. Yeah, like that was like a big hole in my movie career um, that I, my movie watching career, (laughs) 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 not my movie, not my filmmaking career. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't make Edward Scissorhands and I wish I did, but yeah, like (laughs) whenever I heard about like someone saying, oh yeah, have you seen Edward, like Edward Scissorhands, you know, they make that reference. Yeah, he's referenced God damn it, like I'm. I'm supposed to be like a movie guy here and I haven't seen Edward Scissorhands. Um, <laughs> so I finally watched it. Um, one of the big references I have for Edward Scissorhands is actually in Seinfeld. They kind of do this like play on it during this haircut es- episode where. Oh, I think I know. These bar, about. like towards the end of it, the barbers are watching Edward Scissorhands and yeah. it's just like so captivating for them and they just like they bring in the music from the movie and they're just staring at the screen and one of the barbers um is like that edward i don't know what like european accent they they have but i'm gonna do it do it which may come off as uh, may come out weird where he's It'll like that edward scissor hands is making me cry <laughs> at one point <laughs> so that's just what i always think of is like edward scissor hands are making me cry yeah. is that italian that sounds it well what you did sounded italian yeah <laughs> i think it is italian because that's what it sounds like all right see that uh, italian barbers yeah sure um yeah and then there's well there's also like an opera thing in the episode going so that's probably also part of the italian uh the, the italian barber thing that they're playing around with but anyways the movie edward scissorhands <laughs> um i liked it a lot like it was just really easy to watch because like Tim Burton really it's one of those that Tim Burton really puts you in the his world a lot and there's so much imagination to the like production design and you know the art department aspect of it to where um I don't know it feels like something I would have like grown up with it's definitely more um I would say adult than something I would I would totally understand as a kid Mm -hmm. um but I think what one of the best parts about it is how um I don't know you could like how Tim Burton kind of shows his uh cynical view of the world and because like Edward Scissorhands kind of lives in this house above like a, a very synchronized suburban street which is like I feel like they painted the houses in a way to make it look aesthetically kind of beautiful, but it's also plain, like, so it looks really, it looks really good, but it's also Mm -hmm. plain on the fact on like, this is typical, 
like life you know and Mm -hmm. that this is like there are rules here and um being accepted and to fit in and be part of it is like not a 100% reasonable task like this is a world of very just like tight-knit uh I, I don't know I don't know I guess I'm going a little deeper with it than I don't know I'm trying to figure out what I think about it but what it's I mean the main thing is Edward has fucking big ass swords on his hands <laughs> like he has like eight, <laughs> eight swords on his hands so every time he meets someone it's like oh he'll, he'll like like you know he could easily just cut them accidentally because he, Christ, he'll just yeah. like yeah right he'll just like point point his hand somewhere and it's like whoa whoa Edward. <laughs> and like and so like you know it, like it's like this uh i don't know it's just playing on this thing where he's like i can't touch anybody without hurting them <laughs> and, um and like when he falls in love with winona Ryder later um she's like hold me and he's like i can't and they like she like puts his arms around him and like the, like the swords are kind of like touching her back and like i feel like it's a very just like iconic movie romance mo- mo- moment for sure um uh specifically uh diane weist in this movie is hmm. really good she's winota Ryder's mom and she kind of takes edward into her home when she finds him one time and kind of tries to integrate him into the neighborhood. And she's just, I don't know. She's just like the, it's like such a calming role to watch as she's showing Edward how like the world works. Cause Edward has essentially been up in this house uh, <laughs> for his whole life. Like he was abandoned up there by his maker uh, essentially who kind of fucked up and gave him scissors for hands. And so <laughs> That was a bad move on his part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's been literally up there, like depressed in this attic in the dark for like years. And yeah, that part of it is really depressing. And it, and it's really depressing when like, like they're at, they're sitting at a dinner table and like they're watching Edward eat, try to eat. And like, like the food is just falling off of his, his scissors. And, and everyone's just like, just, instead of helping him they're like the family's all trying to pretend it's not a thing and try not to oh, stare yeah. at it to like make him feel self-conscious but then you just keep watching him and he can't get to his food and you're just like i'm just watching him. Like, someone help this fucking guy <laughs> um God, yeah man. so i don't know and so he meets eventually eventually he just meets more people in the town and it gets more uh real on like whether he'll actually fit in there or not you know some people start to be kind of like a lot of most of the time people are like really nice to him you know like Mm -hmm. like everyone's like hey how you doing edward and they're like really typical people and like edward's just like this and like they're trying to have a real conversation with him they're just like dads who work at work jobs and now they're barbecuing that sort of thing and so that dynamic is just kind of really funny and like a lot of the people are just very friendly to him but there's just like a one or two people who are like we cannot have him around (laughs) (laughs) and then that's like what becomes the thing later but uh yeah man i really enjoyed it i thought it was really good and uh uh maybe probably the maybe the best burton i've seen between that and batman maybe wow nice 
that's yeah that's high praise i that's another one i have not seen yet and and need to um so yeah I'll for sure that'll probably be on my uh my october watch list um nice uh to go off of that i will also go with a 1990 johnny depp movie um cry baby um oh, john waters sounds movie. sounds very different <laughs> yes <laughs> it is, it's different but but also kind of the same um but uh yeah uh i had actually just watched this yesterday <coughs> and i also rewatched. um but right before it i rewatched little nicky uh and <laughs> yeah i saw <laughs> and little nicky is uh well I, i'm not going to go too far into little nicky but just adam sandler movies in general especially from that time i feel they um sort of make fun of like the weirdos in a way and, it, and it's and it's more of like oh i i, I think of a, like a ton of jocks who i know who are obsessed with adam sandler movies uh, you know, and I don't consider myself to be one of those, but I also really like Adam Sandler movies, you know, um, but they can be very anti like the weirdo or make fun of the weirdo. Like in Little Nicky, there's that um, cross-dressing guy who is just so like beyond weird and they just like constantly like shit on him the whole time. Um, and so then after that, I watched Cry Baby, which, a, you know, a John Waters movie, which is very much like glorifying the weirdos which was kind of nice it was a nice change of pace uh from that um and uh yeah crybaby is almost like if uh if john waters made a version of greece uh that would be this it's like a a town where there's um there's the squares and then there's i think they're called the drapes uh, the drapes the, the drapes yeah the drapes are like the cool people you know they're all like they all like dress cool and like funky and they are like like musicians and artists and like and then there's the squares who are like the you know the prim and proper people uh and this is the story of uh johnny depp who's this like um he's a drape you know, right yeah he's a drape and he's this cool like uh motorcycle riding guy with a leather jacket and he sings like elvis uh and you know all his like his like group of of people they're all like they all look very weird yeah. and unique i need to all, watch like, cool this people. i think out of everything on your list so far i want to watch this one the most now you would love this yeah it's yeah it's very musical too i mean there's a ton of music it is essentially a musical um but uh yeah it's it's such a funny like great movie and um yeah it's just it's just like different like john waters just has like such his like style which just um like whereas you know like i said with like adam sandler like the the weirdos are like the butt of the joke whereas like here the weirdos are like so confident and cool and uh right right yeah and i, and I like that and uh um yeah so this is the story of these two these two lovers from opposite ends of the spectrum you know coming together and uh yeah it's 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 really funny and and wacky and weird and uh yeah really really good movie so i would definitely recommend cry baby so uh my next one would be uh the intern uh mm. which is a movie i have not seen 
and I wanted to actually, well, I don't know if I wanted that much for a while. I think recently in the past year or two, I wanted to watch it mainly because um, I am, if I am, I'm not really, I wouldn't say into, I'm like interested in Nancy Myers movies because Nancy Myers has this very like controlled, like rom-com aesthetic that other rom-com directors do not have. You know what I mean? You could tell there's a weird level of auteurism in Nancy Myers movies. And there's a lot of like tropes and a lot of like, they're always like the most well-off people. And then, so she has incredible like, set design like like just really well like nice homes they're like very comfortable like i don't know movies to like be in and then she always has like the most charismatic actors that she's like just wants to use and um like the parent trap is more so like i've only seen like the parent trap um um but something's got to give is a really good one they're both good uh as good as it gets and something's got to give uh something's got to give has a lot of weird things in it though where you'll be like huh <laughs> you know and <laughs> um even though it is pretty good um the parent trap is just a movie i grew up with which is like one of the weirdest films like, <laughs> ever especially on especially on rewatch um the intern is uh maybe my favorite movie by her and really wow yeah and what's funny about it is like there's really no stakes to any of it at all there's just something so um comforting about it and fun that i just enjoyed it so much like robert de niro plays like a guy who's retired and he's he he's like sick of just he's just sick of trying to fill up his day with retirement and so he you know he feels like he's done everything he can to try to make the use of every day so he decides to get a job as a senior intern at this like hip hip new internet company that Anne Hathaway runs and I don't like one of the big things I'm like why the hell would all these young people order I mean um want a old person to be their intern yeah right i i like it doesn't make any sense but i don't know the movie kind of has a lot of humor about it on like when they're there when he's just there and they're like oh yeah you're uh really old right yeah we 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 don't <laughs> we're very different <laughs> different generations and and so whenever that happens and that confusion occurs i'm always kind of like well then why did you guys hire senior interns like not like the stakes are ever like that the stakes are never high it's always just like a comment or something like uh you don't know how to use your mac like he doesn't know how to open his mac on his first day and they show him and all that stuff Mm -hmm. um but de niro is very charismatic in this movie i must say and he ends up being one of the most well-liked interns at the like the company and he he's interning directly for Anne Hathaway who's just like a a working girl like I run I I started this company and I am CEO you know uh, I'm CEO bitch girl like boss. Mar- like yeah. social network yeah <laughs> um and um she's married to 
I'm pretty sure um, Anders from Workaholics. So this doesn't only have him in it. Also, Adam Devine is in the company. Um, Wow. And so there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of fun, like comedic actors in just the company in general that are very young and you know and you're like oh awesome they're in this like that's fun because like adam devine is just like talking to de niro like doing his thing with de niro is like so uh you know you know i don't even know whatever adam devine does um and yeah like the there's really like i mean i guess the tension really is like at first like anne hathaway doesn't want de niro to be like her assistant and then he's starting to get like more involved in her life and then he's like no no he can't be my assistant like i don't i want to be more private and then eventually he ends she ends up liking him a lot and confiding in him and everything and then she's like oh no this guy and then eventually she says at one point she's like he's my best friend (laughs) and then there's like and and towards the end it's like that just that shot with them on the bed together that's like in the trailers and stuff like that so it's just like it's just one of those nice like uh just like just like friendships really and uh Mm -hmm. from two actors that everyone really likes and uh it's nice to see Anne Hathaway in something good because she's in a lot of shitty things sometimes and she is really good so yeah nice yeah no I'm glad you glad you brought that up about Nancy Myers because I don't always like think about watching movies like this but they are like even if I don't love them, like they are like kind of nice to watch, like a nice, mm-hmm. like cozy movie to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah. And they're all just like, I don't know. I'm, I just know, even if I don't like one, it's going to be interesting at least. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we should end it on Cry Macho, the Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> See how we can make it work. You know, I watched well, Cry Macho right after I watched Cry Baby too, and I didn't realize that <laughs> until right now that I watched two Cry oh, movies back to back. That's really good. Yeah, man. Like, I, I, I've weirdly been keeping up with Clint Eastwood's work as old mm-hmm. as he gets. I'm like, whatever. I'll just keep watching like Clint Eastwood movies. You know, like The Mule obviously was interesting. Yeah, we but talked about kinda, that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that one he made, uh, what was it called? Uh, the ba- Richard Jewell. I like oh, a yeah. lot. I, I like never Richard saw Jewell. that one. Yeah, but Cry Macho I did not like. And I was bored yeah. as hell. <laughs> and <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I even... Like, yeah. like at the end when he's like dancing with, he's like, I'm going back to my happy place. And he's like dancing with the woman. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like he's 90 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, there were a couple, couple moments that just made me like roll my eyes that involved like Clint Eastwood charming women in some way, you know, and I just, wasn't buying it and wasn't into it not even charming them like they would just come up to him and immediately be like do you want like sex from me because you're um like 
you're a attractive man and you're yeah. like of a regular and they're acting like he's not it's not like weird that he's not a regular age yeah like he's this old bag of bones that they want to yeah. they want to bang yeah like what? is she is she gonna is he gonna settle at the end with that woman like yeah she's seemed to be like 50s maybe like she's gonna like have him for a year or two <laughs> like yeah it's like like the dynamic is more so like oh he's he's like a like a the old neighborhood dad or like old neighborhood grandpa to like people and yeah. like like i just i hated like all the I guess what I mean by charm is like he would make, you know, someone would say something and then he'd like have this little quip with like a little smile on his face. And I was, I was just like, it just, just seemed like what a 93 year old man would think people would like, like to hear or think is like funny where it's like, it's like, all right, we get it. Like, I don't know. I just, yeah. I could not yeah. get into it. Yeah. And I, I thought the, like at the kid, I didn't think he was awful or bad or anything. I was just, he shouldn't have been in this big of a role. Like this kid should not be carrying a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That's just I, what I think. Yeah. It just felt so dull and like their like relationship between them. Yeah. And <laughs> in the beginning, I was almost like starting to get intrigued because it was like, oh, this seems like a noir in a way or like some private eye thing where this guy um, or even like vertigo there's like um, Dwight Yoakam is talking to him and he's like, I want you to go check on my son or whatever, like get my son or is like in vertigo. He's like, I want you to follow my wife. Yeah. yeah. Just, it's like, Oh, this is interesting. Clint Eastwood is like this old, old ass cowboy, like private eye type of guy. And it wasn't like that. And then, yeah, I just got really yeah. bored. And, but once he gets with the sun, it very much slows down dramatically and does not yeah. escalate in a vertigo way at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't fall in love with the boy like like in vertigo, you know, like he would fall in love with the wife. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think I was in a bad mood watching it too and this didn't help. And I just felt, <laughs> I felt very harshly towards it. And it was just kind of <laughs> just like fuck this. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was feeling. But I was like, okay, there's half an hour left. Like I can finish it, you know. But I think the mule I at least enjoyed watching. Um, oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I didn't have the same feeling with this one though. No. Yeah. Even like yeah, like Sully, like some of the other like recent ones. Like I was like I enjoyed watching and i'm glad i watched him but this one is for sure it's like okay i don't know how much more of clint eastwood i, Did I ever watch. tell you that sully story of mine i've never seen it i don't know i don't know if you told this me. might be a repeat story but i just find it so funny that i feel like i gotta <laughs> tell it like i was learning how to do transcendental meditation really you know and and then yeah yeah i've i've gone through all that process and culty secretiveness that they do there um and i was doing it with a group at one time who was also learning and there's an old woman in the front and a lot of the people who are doing tm are like they're like you know like the instructor goes like why do you want to do tm and they go like because of 
stress and anxiety and every person says that and this one woman after like people were asking questions after they just opened the room to questions and ever people are saying things like oh it's I don't know if it's working for me. I don't really feel anything from it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Is is there something I'm doing wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And then one woman asked, I was, she was like, I think she had a Southern accent. She was like, I was watching this movie, Sully, in the theater. And that movie really freaked me out. Like, is there anything we could do about that? And the instructors had no idea what to say. And she's like, cause that was a really traumatic experience for me. And I just thought it was the funniest, oh, the Jesus. funniest fucking thing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> My God, that should be you know, like a tagline for Sully it'll make you go need to go get transcendent well, transcendental just, I'm meditation just this, i'm just picturing this old woman like in the theater and you know some people are just like i don't know i, I don't know if it's like ignorant or they're more like maybe we're more desensitized to film at this point but like they get sucked into the movie to where they're like oh this is happening it's virtual reality it's like chill man like there's no way sully's that fucking like i just know it's not that fucking intense man it's not no. like it's not a safety brothers movie where it actually like makes you sweat and gets under your skin like it's clint eastwood man there's no way it's a typical holly like it's typical filmmaking is way more normal so it's just like this, I don't know, I just, just kind of viewed it as like this stupid old woman's asking this dumb question because she's like fucking watching Sully and can't handle it. It's like, <laughs> like, where are you at sensory wise where you can't handle Sully? It's also a recent event. You need to take a Xanax all... before you watch Sully. Yeah. And it's a recent event that we all know what happened. So it's not like, you know, anything's going to shock you. The whole like, thing wait a is second. About the planes go. The plane goes down. Like yeah, and we we already know that everything was fine and everyone was okay. Like we, it's a it's a it's a not like some, you know, hidden event in history that we haven't talked about. Like it was very relevant at the time the movie came out too. So how can you be surprised or like on edge about what's going to happen? <laughs> uh, I, that's just like one of those things. I'll. I'll never forget. It was just wow. like, you know, as, as it was coming out of her mouth, I was just like, wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, hopefully she's doing okay. Whatever she's like doing. Some, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I hope she's all right. I still, yeah. I, I hope she recovered from that. It's like some <laughs> people who are in there could be like, I'm recovering from mental health because I have been like suicidal or like I recently faced a family death or like I I don't know I have cancer like these are really extremes I'm not saying everyone who has these conditions is doing TM but like that could be a thing someone says like I yeah. just need to relax from all these real life stresses and then there's this woman <laughs> watching dude's just watching a movie at home and <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah I shouldn't uh you know chastise anyone for their for their own traumas like watching silly but yeah yeah i mean maybe that is like the craziest thing that has ever happened to her for all <laughs> <laughs> hey well she's been she's been through it and she sought out help so that's that's all that matters. <laughs> that's the important good for thing. her good for her 